this is that other sports show. Let's go. protein shake right here i'm not fucking around damn dude it's time to put on that weight put on that that muscle i got fucking up a notch you'll love this so i got you want to talk about fluidity so i got water right here i got a bottle of water next to that i got orange g0 so i got a little 20 ounce of that and then right here in my hand i got the old the gold standard is what i call it which is your fucking uh, whey protein that you buy at fucking Walmart, the the gold standard one. Uh, peanut, peanut butter <laughs> chocolate. Peanut butter chocolate. I got a scoop of peanut butter in here. I got the almond milk. I got fucking an enormous hand of uh, spinach. And I got a little half a banana in this bitch. Shout out to our boy Chris W. Powers who said you should freeze your bananas Cut your bananas in half, freeze them, and then when you put them in a blender, it's like an ice cube. It's fucking, it is clutch, let me tell you. But freezing bananas, freezing bananas is tricky though, because after like, like you can't freeze a banana and come back to it in a week. So I think it's like fucking weird. It's like it's just not as good as like if it was a day or two frozen. That's when I get my adrenaline dump. I get home, and then all of a sudden I'd be hungry. I'd go make yeah. me a couple of eggs and toast or something. I go up a show or something for like a half hour it'd take me about another hour like after i got home to actually go to sleep so you're really not going to bed till like one right uh oh like after work yeah, yeah. Like midnight midnight yeah, one o'clock saying. you're definitely going yeah. to bed after midnight it's fucking not it's not it's yeah you, you gotta get home it takes you an hour to get home you're eating the everything's, that's when the everything's, true adrenaline dump comes like you said when you're just like i'm out of work my mind's rolling. I got to do something. Well, in like uh, swing shift, my two to 10, I'm like wide awake, like all day long. Graveyard, I would get home and I would still have that same adrenaline dump and it would still take me an hour yes. to get to sleep. But the worst thing about <laughs> graveyard is body would want to wake up at like 1130. So I, I, I didn't have to work graveyard for a whole long time, but almost the entire time I did, I, I probably only averaged like five hours of sleep. Shout out Cooks. Shout out anyone that works Graveyard, but shout out Cooks. Like shout out Shay Rollins. We're hitting all the shout outs today early. Please leave this in the show. Uh, please leave this in the recording, Jess. Um, I used to, and this was 2006, probably 2005. I had a roommate, um, my boy Ray One, and uh, he was a, uh, a cook. He worked at two different restaurants. But for the most part, like his bread and butter was a, a graveyard shift, a fucking Denny's graveyard shift. And uh, he made really good bread doing it. But let me tell you, when I'd be waking up about seven or eight o'clock to take my oldest now, you know, oldest daughter to school at the time, he was uh, he'd be getting out of work. And so it'd be a thing like I would drop I would drop my kid off at school at seven and then go pick him up because he'd be getting out of like six thirty seven, and we go straight to the liquor store and that fucker would start drinking beers, drinking whatever, 
And uh, he would just be absolutely hammered by like 11, 10, 30, 11 in the afternoon. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, I'm going to, you want to do some grocery shopping or some shit? And he would get fucking hammered. And uh, yeah, shout out to guys that do graveyard. Cause that is, that's rough. That's a fucking rough lifestyle. Let me tell you. In the, in the truest words of Jason Valdez, that. Graveyard's a motherfucker. It really is, dude. Like you, listen. It's all you might be built different. You got to have a combination of you got to have that dog in you, and you got to be built different. You can't, you can't be, you can't just be one. You got to be both if you're doing a, a graveyard. Like it's just actively, you gotta be actively both. Super, super different lifestyle. Changes your personality. You're a different oh. personal. Yeah, you're grumpy. You're fucking irritated. Out like Jay and I, you work out. You work graveyard. God bless you because I'm I'm telling you, my strength my strength went down percentages. No, just 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 from from being sleepy all the time. Just from my body trying to stay awake from ten o'clock at night to six o'clock in the morning. Like my body was just exhausted. That's depressing. That makes sense though. Like the science behind your gains. If you're not resting proper, your body's you're you're just you're not getting you're not doing yourself the the, the proper service of keeping your gains in check. That's a part That's of it, it. The proper rest. We've literally we've we've literally gone from protein shake show to uh, graveyard versus everything else shift. That's what we do. To shout outs to some gains. I'm telling you, the whole thing in gains too is you have to get your sleep. You have to have a rest day. Like you, you freaks out there, you big papa freaks, you know, out there, like big, big, big papa pump out there. Uh, where my freaks at? Mm-hmm. Working out seven days straight for weeks, months at a time. You guys, like, I don't know who you are, but God bless your bodies because your bodies are screaming at you every day. Yeah, please, God, give me a break. Please give me a break. You need the break in between. You need at least one day. I'm not saying take three, four days off a week, but I'm saying like take one day off. But literally do nothing that day. Like, just give your body 100% time to recover. Because if you don't get that recovery, then you don't get the proper rebuild. And the rebuild, the rebuild is what you're looking for. The gym, that's just step A. You don't build the muscle in the gym. You build your muscle outside of the gym. I agree. And I hit a stagnant point on on my bench probably three years ago two years two years ago for sure i had a point where i was just stagnant as fuck i couldn't get to 225 and i was like but this is bullshit i'm stagnant i'm frozen i I just can't do anything and i couldn't figure out what i was doing wrong and what like what was happening and uh i talked to a few different people about it probably you as well and uh it was, I was overtraining. I was truly overtraining and I was a fuck overtraining guy. And I still am to an extent a fuck over overtraining guy, but I was going, I was like, I'm, I went 28 out of the last 30 days. I was doing that shit. Like I was, I was just going non fucking stop. I was going, and then sometimes I'd be like, I, I went 14 of the last 15 days and I, and my last day was a two a day. Like I, I, I was just really overtraining, and and while I was in great shape, and while I was looking more maybe ripped than anything, um, I was stagnant. I just wasn't putting on 
a growth on my bench and it was driving me fucking nuts. And I, and, and I was like, well, I just, I got to train more. I got to fuck train more. And I was like, nah, you got to give yourself a rest. And I have completely changed my workout now. And now I make it a point to stay home at least two days a week, at least fuck you have to get fucking that. Even if you're doing a, a, a one of the weekend days off and then a day dead in the middle of the week, Jess, I am so much agreeance with you now, guys. If you are working out, make sure you're getting at least a day or two off. But you re- you really do got to. If you're going to do that, that warrior shit, I'm going to go 14 out of 15 days. You better fucking take three, four days off. You really do got to recover. And uh, yeah, I, I, I could tell immediately. It truly changed my, it changed everything. It changed my bench. It changed everything. Take a day or two off in between. I do it. Jay does it. And uh, we're not. It really right? is the best advice. It really it, is. Just just I've, preserve your body from injury or stress on ligaments, all that kind of stuff. Especially when you start lifting heavier, when you really start going and, and, and building your bench and building, just putting an extra five, 10 pounds onto your shit, your max, whatever it is, your max back, your max rows for the bros, whatever it is. Like you got to fucking give your body a day or two because you just, you're overshocking your muscles, if you will. And I get okay. it again. Okay. I, I, I fucking get it. I love that real. Yes. I mean, that half of that half pound. Woo! I'm telling you, that yeah. that that half pounder. Those the, that half pound, pound and a half, two pound, little tiny weight that you gym bros pick up and you toss to the side because you're like, oh, what do I need two pounds for? Yeah. I don't. It's life changing. It's life changing. It's life changing. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, it is. It's a life changer, and that can be the difference between like Jay. You were talking about having that stagnant growth in your chest between being stagnant for months. Then all of a sudden you hit that half pounder and then you're hitting it. Now you're lifting more than what you were. And then that takes you up a notch again, takes you up a notch again, takes you up a notch again. Man, that that reel that you sent was phenomenal. I think that everybody that lifts weights understands the 2.5 plate meme and how hilarious it is because we have probably at one point all been there where you you see it. Or you have a friend, shout out my boy, who when I would work out with him and I would try and max my bench and I would and I would be struggling and he would go, you know what I did? And I'd go, no. And then he would show me. He put the extra two and a half on there on each side. And I would just fucking laugh so hard and go, wow, that's the real difference. That little stupid two and a half pound plate on each side. It really is. The, the the greatest memes, the memes were just the guy is just stagnant, stuck on that bench, and he just cannot fucking move because that little two and a half point, a little 2.5 or just fucks his world up. Um, yes, so we did 10 minutes of gym shit. Let's, let's bounce from there, Jess. Here's what I think the itinerary is. By the way, that's Jesse Thomas. I'm Jason Valdez. You can follow Jesse oh. on Twitter at JTT81. You can follow me on Twitter at Valdez, spelled backwards, 559. This is that of the sports show. We usually do some type of intro. I don't even think, why well, do 321 at this point, right? Fuck it. What are we doing, Jess? We ain't doing 321. We already yeah, did Yeah, we're in there. We're in this bitch. So, we're in. We're in. So here's the itinerary since we haven't talked about this. And this is what I'm thinking if, if you're good with it. Um, recap the main fights from the UFC. What what Nate does next. What you think Nate does next. Um, Canelo Triple G is tonight. We are recording this Saturday morning. And then uh, we'll do our pick with the football. How's that sound? 
I like it. I like it. I think I, I think it. we can do that all pretty quickly. What are you thinking? One, one thing I do want to start with real quick. I'm going to throw a wrench in already. Let's I, do I it. just want to get your I just want to get your your idea real quick. Your thoughts on Jake Paul Anderson Silva. This fight is happening. <laughs> um, time. We had the weigh-ins. Paul I, Anderson Silva. This is a big I, deal to me. I, 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 honestly, what you I was going to scratch the surface on this because I was going to bring up the Paul brothers. We cannot do a what is Nate Diaz do next without discussing a Paul Brothers fight. You just that that's in play. So we will we'll again we'll touch that when we get there. But I think that Andrew I, I think that it is very smart from a promoter standpoint where you continue to put Paul in marketable fights, fights that move the needle, fights that get people talking. And they are not necessarily competitive, but they are. Like, if that makes sense, Jess. Like, he's he's really not fighting a boxer. A boxing purist is still going to say, well, he's not fighting a boxer. He's fighting a, a combat sports legend, an all-timer. And anyone that listens to this podcast knows we've been waxing poetically about Anderson for the fucking 10 years we've been doing this show. So that ain't nothing new. But but Anderson is also fifty, I believe, and uh, yeah, and he's f- forty eight or whatever. He's fucking closer to fifty than he yeah. he's closer to fifty than he is forty, and uh, and and Jake's a, a bigger, naturally stronger dude. Nate, Jake uh, Jake is just a naturally stronger dude. What is he like one seventy five or more, some shit? Like I know big. Anderson's one eighty five, but man. Like Paul's a Paul's a strong motherfucker. He's a beefy he's motherfucker. He's a big, big thick. Yeah, big, thick. he's a he may have done a cycle or two. He might have fucking he might have fucking rubbed a little fucking TRT on his nipples. Or why not? If hey, I listen, was, I was bitch doing YouTube. I'd be on one right now. I'm telling you. I mean, and and again, I'm I'm not, I'm never gonna hate on a fucking self made millionaire. And the guy's made a guy has done it. Has moved the needle. And Jess, I was thinking about this because I knew this was gonna come up. Again, when we discuss the last two years of us doing this show, we discuss the Paul, the Paul brothers, Logan. Floyd Mayweather, fucking Connor, who's going to come up on this show as well, and Bones Jones. Outside of Naganu, those are the fu- those are the rotating names that stay in combat sports. Those are the those are the those are literally the big dogs. If you will, not fucking Usman, unfortunately, not it's it's those guys. Those are the fucking real true needle movers, if you will. And that's why when I look at the last two years of us doing this show, Jess, because we've, we've come back and it's been two years now. It, it Those are the fucking name. Like these are the it's not the, it's not because they're it's not because we just don't know any of the fighters. It's because those are the dudes and the. For whatever reason, more guys just ain't marketing themselves or branding themselves or being able to branch out, and we just keep returning to those names. But um, I I would not be surprised if Anderson is able to give Paul a ton of fits and win five or six of these rounds, and we get to the scorecard and we go, well, fuck, uh, Anderson probably won six or seven of those rounds, but there's no chance in the world they give him this fight. And, uh, and with this promotion, uh, it'll it'll be a Paul it'll be a Paul draw, and they'll do it again. Or Paul wins, you know, six rounds of four or some dumb shit like that. But I, I I do think Paul wins this fight. I don't I don't I don't maybe 
Anderson puts together some combinations and, and has enough pop in his gloves to hurt Jake, but I don't I just don't think he does. He's fucking he's the thing that you know, the 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 one thing that kind of goes sometimes like Anderson never was a true like knockout power type of dude where he was just fucking icing guys. He would he would put shit together, he'd string shit together, he'd beat you up. You know what I mean? Am I wrong here, Jess? Or I know I know he's got oh, no. one or two. Don't get me wrong. I know he's got one or fucking two. But the train of thought is perfect. Like even he, he, one of his most dominating, if not the most dominating, uh, uh, Anderson Silva fight was against uh, uh, Forrest Griffin. Uh, at, it was like his uh, second fight at light heavyweight, and yep. he went in there, made Forrest look silly, silly, uh, it was so silly that Forrest had to quit. Yep. Um, but here's the thing: I look at it's, the it's, Rich Franklin fight too, Jess. I look at the Rich yeah. Franklin fight. Right, that's another. Yeah, the, but even Rich Franklin, uh, even Chris Lieben, 15 years ago, even, by the way, Lieben fight. Lieben's got a jaw from hell. Lieben, you could throw a Mack truck at Lieben's face and he would get cut, but he would get back up and want to fight. The fact that he got knocked out, he KO'd in that fight against against Anderson, which I believe was Anderson's first uh, UFC contractual fight. Uh, it, it was knees. Anderson's using the the, the plumb uh, yep. clinch, the move tied knees, yep. knee strike. He's softening the blows. Yep. That way when he gets further down the road, the more damage a person takes naturally, the weaker the body gets, and then eventually it's going to give out. It happened to Ander- uh, it happened to Lieben, happened to Rich both times in both those fights. I mean, yeah, Anderson fucked his nose up in that second fight. Like, his nose was all the way across his side of his face, but it didn't knock him out. It took, it took a lot of extra time and effort. In a fight against Jake Paul... He's got some natural weird, like I'm a lot bigger, stronger than most of these guys in my in my weight class, uh, punching power. Yeah. Uh, he showed that against Woodley, right? Like, Built more like a boxer. We we saw him starch Woodley with big gloves. If you can starch a man with big gloves, you're you got some fucking strength behind your arms and your shoulders. And uh, I'm not saying that Anderson can't, but like you said, he's gonna have to put together some really slick combinations. He's gonna have to boxing match. Yeah. Just to get to the nitty gritty, will I pay for this fight? The answer is yes. Will I be rooting for Anderson Silva to actively knock out Paul? Yes. Will I more than likely be disappointed at the end of this fight? The answer is yes. (laughs) It's a yes. It's a yes across the fucking board. Resounding yes. Yes. It's all. It's yes, yes, yes. It's like fucking Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. Hey, Jess, there was a UFC last week. We discussed the whole shakeup on last week's podcast. We The fights happened. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the uh, – God, I'm going to sound really racist here – on the Mexican dude. What was his name? Hernandez or, or Rodriguez? Was it Daniel Rodriguez? Very, Rodriguez. I don't want to spend a ton of time on that fight. That fight was not as fun as it should have been, and it was basically – a bigger guy beating up a smaller guy. That's and what that Jing fight Lang felt like to me. Let's be real. Jing Lang you think so? Wrong. You think yeah, so? I do. Wow. I do. Okay. That's 100%. interesting. I don't. Okay. So I disagree with that. And I, I, it's not that I thought that I just, the entire fight to me seemed like a bigger dude kind of pushing around and beating up a smaller dude. And to me, it wasn't like a, I didn't see it where I was like, Oh, the smaller dude is getting his and he's getting in and out and he's out, he's outscoring. It just seemed to me like an like an even fight where the bigger dude just did a little did, I didn't even want to say did a little bit more. It was just the bigger dude, and that's why I thought he won the fight. Uh don't want to spend a ton of time on that fight though, Jess. But interesting that we disagree on that. Because that's I, I scored it for Rodriguez two rounds of three. 
Um, what did you think of the co-main event, which was uh, Islam Makachkov uh, versus Kevin Owen? Give, give me some thoughts on this uh, one-minute whirlwind. On this one-minute whirlwind. The tiger, the, the the bear tiger, the bear tiger man. I don't know what to call him. He's a freaking, he's a freaking <laughs> At this, you know what? I, he's a bear. He's a tiger. He's a fucking man. That's what he is. After watching what he did to Kevin, Holland, Kevin Holland's a tough, tough sob. Agreed. To quote the words of uh, the great Jim Ross, he's a tough sob. And uh, I've seen Hall come in and, and destroy some guys. I've seen him take a lot, a lot of punishment and losses, but he, he never seems to get dominated. I don't, I don't remember the last time Holland got dominated. And it's I don't have his record. It's been a minute. It's been a minute at least. So Chemayev comes in there, does what he does. He it all, he he game plans very well. People, I want people to understand that first and foremost. His coaches game plan a thousand percent better than than almost all other coaches in MMA. He comes in and he will either stand and strike with the guy that he knows he can beat the shit out of, or he will immediately take to the ground and just smother. Like gravy over fucking mashed potatoes. Yep. And 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 that's what he did to Kevin Holland. He he was he was the gravy to Kevin Holland's mashed potatoes. He smothered that poor man and then put him to sleep. And it was it was magnificent to see the uh the transition from the the wrestling to the jujitsu, uh the small strikes that set that up. It, again, he he he's coached magnificently and he performs even better like i i almost at one point in time wanted to say is he better than khabib Oof. that's a hot but take. but then i had to back up back up yes. jesse back fuck up back the yes. truck up and then i had to go back and think who is chamayev fought versus who khabib's fought khabib was a champion for a long time chamayev has not even sniffed championship yet but and the, the, his the, last the, two the, fights though his last two fights you can say it, they are it's better. Do the Gilbert Burns fight to me? That's that's a legitimate win. There's no way around. That's a legitimate win. And that's 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 his. That was his. Uh, you know, GSP had his Matt Sarah fight right where Sarah went in there and just caught him and fucked him up. We've we ain't never seen GSP get messed up before. And then here he is losing the title to to you know chubby Matt Sarah, who's a, a Brazilian jiu jitsu prodigy at that point in time. He's not even a striker. The ultimate and, fight. And, he's a he's a reality show winner. And now he's a reality show host who's on a whole lot of steroids and, and all sorts of like meat products. Um, and Chamayev Burns was that was his his Matt Sarah fight. That was his wake up call. Burns beat the shit out of him. Like it was the first time that we'd seen Chamayev get touched. And he got touched up bad. He was bruised, battered, and bloodied by the end of that fight. And then he comes in this fight against Kevin Holland and says, you know what? I don't think I like getting hit in the face so much. I'm just going to win dominantly. And he did. And and we could be seeing that. Give me your uh, – so what do, they, what do they do with this kid? Do they continue to put him in – I mean, he clearly can't make 170. 170 is going to be the issue. Um, I hope he I, doesn't go to. Is he? Oh, let me just edit that. Me hawking up a loogie right out, please. Are you gonna? Um, uh, do you? So is he gonna be like the um, God? Who's the? Who's the name of the guy who's chasing? More like a Paul Daly, where the one seventy cut is too difficult, but the one eighty five 
real, real, real elite grapplers are going to give him fucking fits. And maybe that's why everybody is saying uh, Colby, he should be fighting. He should be fighting Colby Covington. Um, give me, uh, what, do you, what do you do with this kid? What do you, what do, you do with him next, Jess? He wants he wants to go to 185. He wants to go to middleweight. I I, I know all the headlines and everything. He, uh, next fight I want is, is to be at 185, and I can understand that from the weight point the the weight cut standpoint of that. Like just living a natural a more natural lifestyle. Like oh hey I can have that fucking you know extra piece of chicken or you know oh you know what I'm going to treat myself to this nice Twinkie. That can last through a nuclear a nuclear holocaust. Uh, like zombie land. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like 185 is a danger zone. Plus, there's like real there's real killers at 185. That's where Adesanya reigns all right now. And look at the dudes he fought. Like it is 185 is not a place that Chamaev wants to ch- just jump in. And I think that he needs to learn a way to cut down to 170 properly and then that way he can pop back up to like 180 by fight night and more natural weight he needs to learn how to do that cut he can do it he's proven it and he is one of the most dominant 170 years right now in that division and i think that if he stays there he can potentially become champion uh by early next year but i'm telling you he he jumps to 185 that's a murderer's row division right now like real fucking killers, real killers, and they Just, will. Yeah, they it's would, it's smart. It, it's smart to kind of try and keep him right where he's at, which is let's try and keep him at one seventy. If he can make it, if not, then then explore the one eighty fives. And if he has to do another dumbass catch weight fight, then so so be it. But he's he's officially starting to gain some traction here with the fans as well as is you know, outside viewers, if you will casuals if you will so it'll be interesting to see what they do with the next jess i think this is pretty self-explanatory but i still want to ask it uh kevin holland absolutely no harm no foul here right it's almost like this loss on his record means nothing he'll get another fight in fucking a month or two he'll keep it moving right no not at all no uh kevin kevin holland's uh his, his career is is not derailed by this no if risk anything, high reward he, like you wouldn't believe yeah if anything th- this fight gains him traction took on uh you know super you know super uh, uh fight against a, a guy who a lot of people think could be champion in this division i was division. clearly outmatched i still took the fucking fight uh i mean what do you take this fight on like less than 48 one hours day. notice or something? Yeah, one day so any if anything shout out to guys like now some guys uh will accept a 24 hour or you know less notice type fight and you're like, damn, that's that's a fight. Even I wouldn't take even on short notice. I get it. You're kind of helping the company out, but that's a bad take. Kevin Holland, I think, uh, if he could have found a way to keep this fight standing, I think that he could have shown a little bit more in that fight. Unfortunately, with such an elite grappler that Chamayev is, he didn't really have a choice. He was going to get taken down, and that was the game plan. But Holland's career is not derailed. He'll get another fight here in at least through the next three months. He will fight again, make some more money. The UFC loves this dude. I don't think yep. he's going anywhere. No, Cosma moves the needle. He again, he's he's a guy that they probably look at and go, "We need to make international superstars," and he is one. So it it'll it'll be interesting. Again, we we've discussed this last week, and we've discussed this in the past. There's that stable of guys that could be brought in that have kind of kicked around and, and 
made their own waves and, and hooked up with other stables and, and have just been able to, to stay active. And, and he's one of them, but he is in a really unique phase in his career here where does the UFC go, Hey, you know, you kind of fucked us here on this last deal. And so now we're going to start putting you in there with killers or do they go, no, you know what? You're a little bit of a potential, you know, you're, you're what we see as an all-star and the future of this company. Therefore, we're going to give you a little bit more leeway. We're going to let you get away with a little bit more bullshit. Um, we shall see his next fight, I guess, will dictate that. Uh, Nate, Nasty Nate versus Tony Ferguson. What a, what an absolute fucking switch, Jess. And I know we discussed this last week again, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Cosmat would have fucking ragdolled Nate. And I mean... It, I, I'm saying as, as quickly as he beat Holland and in that minute, he may have done the same thing to Nate. And I know that Nate has so much more experience on the ground, but he's not as strong as Holland. He's nowhere as near as strong as Holland. Holland was able to get out of shit by just being unconventional and just being strong as fuck. Um, I don't know if it works the same for Nate. With that said, Nate did get that pass. The Ferguson fight, Jess. Um we kind of figured this would go the way it did um, outside of Nate, just kind of looking really tired. Give me some thoughts on this fight. Five to six years ago, this would have been a lightweight championship fight. Mm. Like that's how good both these men were five, six, eight years ago. Like Tony Ferguson was five. It was like three years ago, but I mean, he had kind of come into his own at, at a later stage in his career, but I'm just saying like five, six years ago, this was a championship style fight. Like, that's how good this fight could have been in, 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 all, in, in all aspects. And if you take everything all encompassing, this was a tremendous fight because we got to see Nate uh, most likely at the end of his career, no matter how much he wants to stay and, and keep fighting. And I'm not saying he's done. I'm just saying like in general, right? Like he's mm -hmm. at that end. And Tony Ferguson is, I think that we can finally say, Tony Ferguson's at the end of his career. That late surge uh, had took a lot out of him. Training, eating, uh, all the uh, preparing oh, for and father for, time, fucking fa father, and father time, time. Jess, father time. Jay Jay says it all the time because we talk a lot about these older fighters. And now that Jay and I are like, you know, we're in our forties now. We've seen a lot of fighters come and go. A lot of fighters that we grew up with are now entering that stage where they're getting out of the game. And father time, he's he's a bitch. Don't lose. He's never lost a fight never in his lost. entire life. He ain't never going to lose a fight uh, for the rest of eternity. We're all going to get caught up one day. And uh, Nate and Tony both, I think, are there. And Tony's been through some wars. I mean, that man's skin split like <laughs> it was paper. Like, I, I see. How, hey, how bad was that? My man was just—he had like a fucking Mick Foley gusher on his knee. <laughs> like, he really did. In the day, back in the day, before I think Nate and Nick both had that surgery, oh, like Andalay did, right, where they kind of like go in there and heal up some of you know cartilage, reattack, yank out some cartilage, some cartilage to kind of stop you know your face from bleeding all the time. So Nate, Nate still gets cut up a lot, but in the in the past, Nate would bleed like a motherfucker. Tony Ferguson would get like, like paper cut, and it would just split wide open. He'd be gushing blood everywhere. Uh, but no, overall, I, I just want to say I thought that the fight was really, it was really good way. I think that if either one of these guys, I, I do think that they both continue to fight. 
And that's, that's on them and their camp and their, you know, that's their families, you know, whatever they choose that life. I think that if they were both to hang up gloves right now, that would be the most Shakespearean way to end a career. Just have that fight, boom, be done right off into the sunset. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet style. There you go. I thought that with Nick and, and Robbie. I thought that, that it, when Nick and Robbie fought, they should have both just went at the end. They just yeah. went, all right, we're out. We're going to both. We, we don't even, you know, we, if you want to give us our moment to put our gloves in the, middle of the octagon, they don't seem like those kind of dudes, but no. um, you know, they're not look at me guys, but I can see a scenario where they're both just like, yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm good. I've had a hell of a run. I, I wanted one last big bag. I wasn't looking for championships. I was just looking for one last good fight. Just get it out of my system and get a good fucking payday on the way out. Get my sponsorship money. Get whatever else. What Whatever Dana's willing to fucking let me get. You know, some pennies on the way out, if you will. Shekels. But um, I am in agreement with you. And here is why. Because when Nate is in the second round and he's putting his hands up on the cage and he's trying to breathe in all the oxygen in that building, that's telling as fuck to me. Yeah. If Now, I know he said beforehand, hey, man, I didn't even train for this fight. I don't care. And we all know my man smokes a lot of fucking weed. I, I, at some point. Father Time is going to be like, man, I don't care how many triathlons you you be running. Like, you ain't going to be in here in your 40s smoking weed and thinking you could run five or you go five hard fucking rounds. And he, and he just can't do that anymore. He just can't. Like, when I'm watching him put his hands on the cage, that to me, like, if I'm a referee, I'm like, you good? Is that like what you're turning your back to? You're kind of turning your back to your opponent here. Like, I know yeah. you're Nick Diaz and you, it's, you're just whatever, dude. But, like, that to me is a, that's telling as fuck. You know what I mean? It's, it's, but it, it that, that's who Nate is. And Tony didn't give a fuck. Tony's like, oh, I'll go reset in the middle of the ring and give you an extra five fucking seconds to get some oxygen. Why not? Because <laughs> Tony's just cool. Tony just wants to bang, bro. But, um, the fight itself was fun. The fight itself, was as intriguing as we thought it would be. The fight itself told a story, which is Tony still has pop in his gloves, and Tony can still Tony hurt Nate in that fight. You can't tell me any different. Any different? He may not have hurt Nate, put him on skates, but there were he was hitting Nate with good straight left hands. But Nate is Nate, a good straight right hand. I'm sorry, but Nate is Nate. Like Nate is always going to to dictate the fight the way that he fights and. Uh, he did ev- he did everything. It's like the rock bottom and the fucking people's elbow. He hits you with a really big punch and he points at you and he laughs at you. And he he did all the things that you expect Nate to do. All the theatrics were there. It was fun. Um in agreement with you again, Jess, just to kind of wrap that point up. I do wish both of these guys would say, Hey, this is it. But prize fighting is a motherfucker. And I don't know what Tony does after this. What is what is Tony gonna do? Tony has the Tony has the the um, the acumen, if you will, to put a suit on and go talk fights right next to Dominic Cruz or DC or any of those guys. Um, and I would love his takes. I would love his takes. Well, I think he'd be just as good as any of these guys we see on TV. Uh, but I don't know if they want him doing that because I, he's kind of like a CM Punk. I don't know if they want him behind a hot mic all the time. Um, <laughs> I, but also... Tony is that you can tell Tony is a teacher. Tony is, 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 is would, would make a phenomenal coach. 
Now, is that something he wants to commit to? Who fucking knows? I think a lot of fighters, maybe they don't want to commit to coaching full time, but I think that he would be a phenomenal fucking coach at a gym and do the Din Thomas thing. And do you know what I mean? Do the, do that Tiki thing, if you will, where he can just, you know, really help tweak fighters and, and make them better like a great trainer would. But I don't know if he wants to do that. Who knows what the fuck he wants to do. Tony might also be like, man, I got my house. I got my shit together. I got enough money. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fucking chill. I'm going to make some investments and I'm just going to fucking chill and ride off into the sunset. I don't, I don't think that we're, I don't think that Tony's going to be a broke fighter and that sounds fucked up, but I'm being honest when I say that, like, I don't think that, I think a lot of, you know, seven out of 10 fighters end up broke. And I don't think that's, I don't, I think Tony's the exception. I think Tony will be one of the three of the 10 that is not, I'm doing Steiner math, one of the three of the 10 now, but um, another show where I do Steiner math, Jess. But I, yeah. I think that he's, you know, the exception, if you will. There are some exceptions, some rarities. And I think that that Tony's that guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we see him in Bellator in six months. Maybe we see him say, fuck it, I want to go to Japan and try some shit and dream and fight a super fight over there. There's fights to be made in Japan. Fucking, he's still a big name. But uh, but I agree with you, Jess. I, I hope that Tony retires. Now... As we scratch the surface on at the beginning here of the show, we're going to come right back around. We will once again circle around. Jess, do you have any thoughts on the fight before before I, I, I move on to this next point? Do you have anything you want to add? Am I missing anything? No, no. I, I think I think uh, uh, Nate Nate and, and Nate name to, to back him up, and and I would like to think that even though Nate's Nate uh, the Diaz bros. Even though they have that, like, hey, you know, we do what we want kind of attitude, they both seem genuinely smart individuals. <laughs> like, I think that they'll be okay with money. Tony Ferguson seems to be that crazy wild guy, you know, leading up to fight night and then in cage. But on the outside, he's very soft-spoken, and I think that he uses his words well. You can tell that he's an ed- I At least I, my guess is that he's an educated guy. Uh, from the way that I've heard him speak. And I think that he will probably do well. I don't see him behind a mic sitting next to Dominic Cruz in DC. I don't, I, I can't picture that. I think that that wild card theory that you have is probably spot on. He's going to say some, he's going to say something fucked up and then he's going to be off the air for like three months or whatever. Forever. You know what I mean, Forever. For, uh, <laughs> he's, he's suspended like the bucks. He's, definitely. Uh, but I, I don't I don't think that he I, I can see him being a coach. Be, I will say one thing outside of this fight, which I again just to circle back for myself, I thought was tremendous. Uh is such a just a haggard lifestyle. Yes. Like I would I, I could not do it. I need stability. I need to know that my money's coming in at a certain day every month. You know what I mean? I need to know that I go to work and I get paid. I need to know that I get bonuses here or there. I need to know that I got insurance and benefits. I need to know that my family. Being a fighter is probably the most unstable career path uh, in outside of like drug dealing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's unstable as fuck. And I hope the best for all these guys, all these men and women that that choose this as their career. And I know that like, what is it like? maybe 3% of, of the rest, you know, kind of, they make it, you know, and they make a name, they make some money off the, off their sport. <laughs> but then that other 97% just kind of linger on and either have to keep fighting or get day jobs or, 
work nights or go to school, you know, trying to get that. It's, it's a tough job. And I, I just, I feel for all these guys and gals. Again, Jess, it is, there's uh, I'm, two things here and we're really going on, on different tangents and we will lasso our back up here in a second, but two things. <laughs> One, again, there's for every guy that we see, we hear the horror stories. There's a Josh Koscheck who went, no, I'm actually going to take my paydays and I'm going to invest in real estate and I'm going to invest here and I'm going to make, I'm going to put my money into smart investments. I'm not going to gamble my money. You know, I'm not, I'm not throwing it all into a stock and then it goes belly up meme stocks, if you will. So there are, there are fighters who were smart enough to go, you know, I'm okay with living a middle-class lifestyle. I don't have to buy the Chuck Liddell million dollar house that I lose in two years. I, I can, I can do this. I can, I can live in a, in a nice home and keep my shit together. And, and, you know, I, I got enough, I got enough stash. I got, enough, I got a million in the bank and I'll, and I'll live off of the, you know, my fucking, I'll live off of the interest of that alone. I'll eat off of the interest of that alone. Some fighters are smart enough. Others are not. Um, I want, this is my second point. And then we'll get into the Nate Diaz stuff again. There is a fighter, Jesse, that I, that every, I don't want, I will not use his name, but he has been on HBO. He has been on pay-per-views. He has been in video games. He is, if I said his name, you would know who he is, but he wasn't necessarily an, an enormous name. And he made a lot of money. He made a lot of money boxing. And that, that money's all gone. That money is all gone. And it's surprising to me when I've had these conversations with him. I'd love to try and get him on the show, but there's no chance he'd come on. Um, when he says, you know, at one point I could look at my bank account and I had $3 million there. And it, it, it's all gone. That money, it just, things happen. You know, you have too many yes men around you. You, you pay out promotions. You pay out your trainers. You pay out this person. You... You get divorced. You shit happens, and you just lose shit. And uh, you make bad investments. You have friends that you think that are friends that you think are are smart businessmen, and they're not smart businessmen. They're fucking idiots. Um, all these things happen. And um, you even look at fucking the story of Rocky Balboa and at the fucking the end of Rocky, you know, Rocky Five. Where the fuck guys broke? Like it's you you. All these things happen. Like these are all true story things, and that's why I I truly am I'm blown away by the amount of individuals that just have these incredible opportunities and and you squander them or fuck them off or um, just don't do the right thing. And it's difficult, right? Easier said than done. Who the fuck knows what I would do if I was looking at my bank account and I had $3 million? Who the fuck knows what I'd be doing? Or, you know, the the, the surroundings, you will, the people you surround yourself with. But um, combat sports and athletes, they're the rarity, right? And we hear it all the time, right? Football player went broke. Baseball player went broke. A guy signed a $50 million contract. Nice broke. Um, I fucking... Uh, God, we, we you keep see, I I see uh, the, the NBA players homeless again. There's a guy and his name is Kissing. He's homeless again, and I'm like, holy shit! Like this guy was in the NBA less than ten years ago, and now he's fucking homeless. Like, he's, 
Yes, yes, Delonte West. These stories are absolutely fucking tragic, but it happens. It happens again. I I don't have. I have. Listen, I'm I'm. My point in this is, it happens, right? I don't even know if I necessarily have a a, a moral to the story as much as is <laughs> as it is that I'm telling you. It fucking happens. And having this conversation with this fighter, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is mind-blowing to me that, like, I watched this fucking guy on HBO. I played this guy's character on a video game, and now he's sitting right in front of me, and he's fucking broke. Like, he is broke. It's sad. Um, Jess, with that said, you know, we, we want to talk about opportunities here. We don't want to talk about all the negativity of broke combat sports fighters. We want to talk about Nate's next opportunity, right? And this is my question to you. Again, we scratch the surface at the beginning of the show. We will come back to it. What does Nate do next? I'm going to give you three options. And maybe you've got a fourth option that you'll throw at me. Option A is he returns to the UFC, right? The money's there. Contractually, maybe he does a one fight by one fight type deal. There are fights there. Maybe they let him do a pick of the litter type thing. Who knows? Option B, of course, is he goes and does combat sports outside of the ufc and what i mean by combat sports maybe he goes to bellator maybe he goes to k1 maybe he goes to dream right maybe he's doing something that is combat sports related and of course option c is boxing will he box somebody and you can give me option d or jess if you want but of those options what do you think happens next with with our friend nate diaz so I, I have I have two theories on Nate. I think that the 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 easiest theory is that he just simply returns to the UFC. He he signs like fight deal with an inclusion in that contract stating if I win my first two fights I get like a you know a top five <laughs> or I get a legend fight somewhere along those lines. Um, I think that any of the the three fights he gets in his three fight contract, which I'm completely making up right now, but this is my yes. theory, not yes, yours. Reckless speculation. Uh, I, I believe that either of these three fights will be technically status. Like he will fight a yep. super you know, fight, super fight guy. Um, uh, option two. I do believe is realistic, but it would be tough to pull off contractually because we all know how stubborn Dana White and the Mickey Mouse Club is. Um, so uh, I think that he would like to take maybe a year off from the UFC and then go do like a uh, a, a Jake Paul Logan Paul type yeah. fight where he boxes. He Bring goes those and fuckers takes- right back in the mix. He goes and gets a bag from somebody, right? Maybe he fights like a Chuck Liddell, like it's some weird, you know, Jesus. fucking. You know, and and uh, we just have some weird, crazy, mega super fight where it's boxing. It's like, you know, yeah, eight. that was really weird. And then, what, and then what, what, gets- what weight would they fight at? Like two hundred twenty pounds? Nate's gonna come in. <laughs> Nate's gonna have these like, a few more burritos. Like two- yeah, right. Like one one ninety five. Let's put it one ninety five. <laughs> There's no chance we'll, in the world Chuck would we'll let, we'll let Chuck, we'll let Chuck come in at a uh, 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 quoted weight at uh, two oh eight. Two oh eight. I love that. Two oh eight point five. Hey, so okay, so you're saying that there is there's so option A is the UFC and option B is boxing. There's a there's 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 a, there's, but there's in clearly. Takes time off, he goes and gets the bag, and then he comes back to the yeah. UFC 
for like a one fight where he ends up fighting, say, Conor McGregor. Yep. Okay. So Conor McGregor. So here's where I'm going, Jess. Conor McGregor is the answer. No matter now how we get to Conor, how we get to Conor is 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 a whole nother story. But the answer is Conor. There's there's I don't these guys are not getting fucking younger and they have not fought each other in five or six fucking years. Like that the fight needs to happen. I'm about to talk about Canelo and Triple G. And one of the things I'm about to say about Canelo and Triple G is this shit is too late. This shit should have happened. This third fight should have happened two years ago. And there's so much inactivity and weird shit that happened with Triple, with Triple G and shit that's happened with Canelo in the past two years, including a fucking loss to where now this fight doesn't have the same lore and aura, if you will, to it, the lore of it. Um, this is what's happening with Connor and Nate. Now you're always going to get the buzz, if you will, because it's Connor and it's fucking Nate. And these guys are attached at the hip. And this, you know, hey, listen, they use a wrestling term. These guys used each other to get each other over. And, uh, you know, they're each other's rock and stone cold. And this is you, this fight needs to be made. Now, do I think it happens in a UFC? No, I don't. I think that the UFC is Mickey Mouse Club, as you mentioned, will always be the third man. They're going to be the person that makes this fucking difficult and makes it impossible. There's too many hands in the fucking pot the moment the UFC gets involved. If Connor has some type of contractual loophole where he can box, I'm guessing he can't fight any type of K1 or, or cage type of fight. Because whatever ties he has to the UFC, they would have first shot at that. They'd have first contractual, you know, likings of that or first contractual looks at that. They'd have opportunity to grab that. Boxing is a whole nother story. Boxing is different. Boxing, they can go, we're going to make our own umbrella here. We're going to call it, you know, McGregor, instead of McGregor promotions or, you know, Diaz McGregor promotions. This is a Diaz McGregor split promotions thing where ultimately you're cutting out that middle man and you're getting the you know well i don't know let's say fucking 25 to 40 million dollars that is going other ways dana and whoever else and the fuck gets a piece of it that goes to connor and that goes to fucking nate and they box and i don't know if i love them boxing because i think if they box i think connor has the advantage as opposed to if they fight a fight in a cage, if they fight a true combat sports, mixed martial arts type of fight, I believe Nate has a little bit more of, a, of an advantage because he still is better. He's more, he's better on the ground. He's better with his submissions. And he might be a little bit better with uh, some of the kick defense. Um, only the same with Connor. Connor is just, if we're just boxing, I think Connor's a better boxer, just overall boxer. I think he wins that fight. But, that's the fight that has to be made, Jess. Not any UFC super fights with anybody else. I don't want Nate showing up just to be the guy that puts them over, puts over some younger competition. Um, the Paul fight is there. The Paul fight is there. And I would not be surprised if he fights Paul because the McGregor fight doesn't come to fruition. I would say that's probably option B. I think option here, here's how I think it works. Option A. Connor fight. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. Maybe in the UFC. Option B, boxing the Paul brother. I would assume uh, Logan or or Jake. 
whichever one, probably Jake's Jake Slider and the bigger name. And now Logan's wrestling Roman Reigns. He's got his hands tied. He's busy. Triple crown, uh, baby. He's busy. And then uh, the th- option C, the third option, a return to the UFC for some type of super fight that is not Connor, but not, but no title implications and not him putting over some guy that's 10 years younger than him. Not Usman. No, no, no. It would, no. it would, it would literally, I mean, we'd have to look at like fucking whoever is eight, nine, or 10 and go from yeah. there. Someone like that. Fucking maybe he fights Robbie, he gets revenge from his brother. That's it. That's where I'm at, Jess. Jess, uh, I, uh, hey, we're again, we're scratching the surface. Give me some thoughts on Triple G Canelo. I'm, I'm guessing if you're working tonight, you're missing this fight, but any thoughts on this fight? Uh, well, first, first thought is uh, just piggyback off you. Like uh, it is way too late. It's way too late of a fight. They're, they're still going to make money. People are still going to buy the pay per view. I'm buying the numbers. I, I don't believe that the numbers are going to be as big as what they think. I, they'll be big, but they're not going to be three to five years ago big. Yeah, and um, it's stupid. The, the it, zone is doing some weird, stupid thing where they're trying to be horrible, like ESPN Plus, where you have to pay for the zone to get the the zone fight. Like it's some real stupid shit. I just think that with Canelo's loss, uh, even to a bigger guy, I think that still hurts the value of this fight. The fact that both men are that much older now, and Triple G was already older to begin with. So yeah. now you're looking, you're getting into Jake Paul kind of uh, Anderson Silva area right now, age wise. Like Canelo's not a young bird no more either, but like Triple G's getting up there. And Triple G is still talented, but you can see that over his last three fights, there has been parts in each of those fights where Triple G has not looked so dominant and he's gotten touched up a few times here and there. I this this is my true honest opinion of this fight. I think it's gonna be it's gonna end in a draw. Ooh. <laughs> I, I <laughs> just because boxing politics, it can only end in one way. God, I, I, you I, know what, Jess? That's the it, first it, time I've it, heard this take. And I cannot wait until tonight at 9:30 at night. Cause you know this fight ending until fucking 9:30 or 10 at night tonight, West Coast time. When I'm sitting in front of that fucking TV and they announce a draw, I cannot wait. I can't fucking wait. I really can't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I think you're someone has my eighty dollars. And they have your well, they have everybody's eighty bucks, man. They're they're just cashing. They're they're cashing their their cow, man. Canelo, if they could, they'd put Canelo on a card every month and just they would just just spoon feed him to 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 the world and make money off his back, which is all they're doing anyway. But. Canelo, like I said, Canelo's uh, skill set has not dwindled. He's gotten a little bit stronger, and he comes in, you know, in shape each fight. Triple G is going to come in looking sharp, uh, but you're just going to see the, the the differences. It's like we talk about it in MMA all the time, like how styles make fights. This style uh, of Canelo, the way Canelo comes in and tries to bully you versus Triple G's kind of back off, take his shots, pick his pick his poison. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I, I think that I, – I don't mean to interrupt you here. I think in their first two fights, Triple G was able to bite down on his mouthpiece and go, no, th- this doesn't phase me the way that it phases the other 35 guys that you fought before me. Um, let's go. Let's sit down here and let's fucking make this a phone booth fight. I don't know if he can do that four years after he did it. Yeah, I don't think he can do that anymore. I think that, and I think that's, and I think that's going to be the big crack in his armor tonight. Yeah, and and like I like I was saying, what you're going to see is you're going to see Triple G back off. He's going to try to pick his shots, pick his poison. He's going to make. He's going to fight from the outside. You're going to see Canelo trying to charge in like a bull. 
uh, from time to time and try to make it a phone booth fight from time to time, press uh, Triple G up against the ropes, try to get him in the corner, try to lay some of those those patented body shots down. Uh, but I, th- I just think that both styles kind of cancel each other out. You're going to see a I lot agree. of footwork, a lot of moving around, a lot of head movement going on. You're going to see moments of action, moments. I think that $80 that you pay is going to get you moments of action. The rest of the time is going to be a lot of holding, a lot of like trying to like pry each other off, a lot of a lot of uh, defensive mechanisms that you're going to be seeing in this fight. And again, my bet is it ends in a draw. I love the first fight. The second fight did not live up to the expectations of the first fight. And now we are, again, I want to say four years removed. If not, it's at least three. If not four years removed from that last fight. That's a long gap. And I and as you mentioned here, Jess, the key thing, again, good old father time. When Triple G took that first fight, he was already an older cat. And now he's a lot older. Um, I would not be surprised if Canelo gets a stoppage late. I don't have the balls to put my name on that prediction. Um, I think Canelo wins a decision late, something like seven rounds of five or eight rounds to four. But God, your draw, your draw take is intriguing me to make a little make a little wager i'll be well, honest with you. i'll be honest with you. you you said it and my gambling spidey senses started tingling a little bit of juice for this weekend never hurts jess speaking of juice <laughs> let's hit this nfl jess we have we, we're at an hour all right so we're going long let's try and knock this out in 20 minutes this might be impossible but i really want to attempt to do so are you ready let's go a lot of bad games. Jets are a six-point underdog to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland is at home. Who you got? Browns, that defense is going to be way too tough. Agreed. Browns win and they cover. Uh, Tampa Bay is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against New Orleans. Tampa Bay is bang the fuck up, Jess. Who you got? I'm taking uh, New Orleans in the upset. Give me give me some at 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 home and a dog and Tampa Bay is banged up. Jess, this is easy money. You're already fucking hot. You're you're coming out it. hot. I'm with you. New Orleans covers. Uh, the New York Football Giants are a two point favorite at home versus the Carolina Panthers. Who you got? I'm gonna take that money. Mm, really? Yeah. Okay. Baker, like Baker, Baker had one shot. Baker had one shot oh, to prove wow. to the world. He had one <laughs> to the world that he was worth that number one pick. He had one shot to prove to the world that the Browns oh. were wrong. He had one shot and he failed. Wow. I'm no longer for Baker Mayfield. Baker, you suck. The Panthers will win zero. The Giants will beat you by 35 points. <laughs> wow. Woof. Uh, I like Carolina by a cunt hair. I think Carolina wins. Uh, I, I like it too, though. I, I like Carolina by a field goal. So let's say this is a ball and shoe ugly game. Some like 17, 13. Um, Carolina, wins. Carolina, Carolina wins. Take, take Carolina. Take those two points. The New England Patriots are a two and a half point favorite. They are on. Hold on. They're, they really are a favorite. Holy shit. The New England Patriots are a two and a half point favorite across the board here at every gambling site. DraftKings, Sportsbook, FanDuel, Betty, MGM. They all got a two and a half. They are on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jess, who you got? There's no way in hell. Pittsburgh. I know. I Somebody know. whip out. Oh, 
Somebody what the whip fuck's out the going on with Vegas this week? It's logo on it, and then tell them that you are actually terrible. The the New England Patriots are terrible. Uh, taking the Steelers all day. I am starting to hear the this is this is Bill Belichick's last season, and the culture on song, and the culture has passed him. And oof, let me tell you, man, this motherfucker Tom Brady really. I mean, good lord, he might have really. He might have really made Bill Belichick. All right. With that said, um, I love Pittsburgh and I love the two and a half. And that is going to be three consecutive dogs that Jesse, that I like two out of the three Jesse likes. Uh, the, in, the Indianapolis Colts are a three point favorite. They are on the road. They are at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a three point as high as three and a half on the road. Jess still hates fucking um trevor lawrence and trevor lawrence didn't give me a lot of ammo here to say and he did not give me a lot of ammo to say look jess you're wrong with that said jess who you got uh this will be the uh the indianapolis cold second consecutive game of tying no i like that Uh, this is a tie this is a tie tie. no uh, you know what i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna surprise you i'm gonna shock you i'm taking jaguars i think they get a they get a huge staple uh, monumental win in the Trevor Lawrence era over uh, Matt Ryan and the Colts. I love the idea of the Texans having a tie every fucking year that they play football. <laughs> also, shout out anybody who sticks their kid in a fucking car, sticks their family in a car, drives however long, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours to a fucking stadium, pays the money that you pay for parking, goes into a goddamn game, gets an overtime game, Get a tie, Jesus! That is after twelve dollars for a beer. That is fucking unfortunate. Fucking and you're talking to someone that's been to uh, zero one baseball games, but that is a fucking tie. I no 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 no. Jess, I like um, Indy, and I like them on the road, and I like them to cover the three. I think they win by seven. Um, The Miami Dolphins. And Tua Baba Bua, he is a three and a half point dog to the Baltimore Ravens, who are three and a half across the board. Every single betting website, they all got Baltimore on the road at home with three and a half. Who you got? I got to take Baltimore. That defense is stout. They get J.K. Lamar looked like MVP caliber quarterback week one. Tua looked like he had two throws, short and a mm. toss over the middle to Tyreek or Jalen Waddle. I think that Baltimore's defense takes that completely away. Baltimore. Mm. Um, kind of called it last week. Don't like to always do a lot of where I'm right, but Lamar did the thing where he just had those two or three drives that impacted the entire game. He'll do the exact same thing this week. He'll have two or three drives that completely shift the game. I like Baltimore. I like the po- the points. I think they win by at least a touchdown. I, this feels like a 24-17 game to me. I agree. The Washington Commanders, they are a one-and-a-half-point dog to the Detroit Lions. They are a one-and-a-half-point favorite across the board at home. This is an. This tells me Vegas does not give a flying fuck about this game. Who you got? This tells me that nobody. If, if this was, if Jimmy G was the quarterback of the Washington Commanders right now, they would have a three and a half point stand. They, they would be three and a half point favorites. Hey, I Wentz, hey, Wentz had a good game last week, though. We were shitting on him. I know. Hey, he, he did not game. play. Bad. Let's give him his credit. 
look, Carson Wentz is going to come in. He's going to give you games like that. He's going to give you other games. Uh, I, I honestly, in this game, I'm going to take the Commanders. I, I think I, I just can't. I, I can't see them losing this game. It, it's going to be a close. It's going to be another uh, uh, quote unquote uh, bowling shoe ugly game. But the Commanders, they got some offensive weapons. Jahan Dotson. The mm-hmm. rookie out of Penn State really showed some flares. You still got Scary Terry out there. You've got a decent offensive line, and if they can keep Carson Wentz upright, the the Washington football team is going to win this game. I'll, I almost want to go against you here, but I just <laughs> I just fucking hate Detroit, and this is a battle of two bad football teams. Who's going to be worse? Detroit's going to be worse. Washington wins by a field goal, so I like the one and a half. Ooh, we got three big spreads coming here, Jess. The first one, San Francisco, nine to a nine and a half across the board. They are at home against Seattle. We got. I don't like the points at all. Yeah, nine and a half is high. Nine Nine and a half is high. What I saw from San Francisco last week, it feels like a trap. Uh, I I don't think that Geno Smith can continue what he started in week one. I think this was like one of those huge, like, hey, I got the starting job. I'm in a new place. My jersey's bright as fuck. Uh, Seattle's awesome, and he came out. Hey, there he, was, he, there he, were, I, hey, Jess. There were two things going on there. One was Russ was not ready to cook, and no. he was using the same fucking hand signs um, against Seattle, so the receivers were easy and quick to point that out. That hurt him, trust me, because the defensive backs knew what was coming. Just like if a pitcher knows what's going to come, just like if a batter knows what the pitch is going to be thrown, the they knew what was coming, so they knew how to, they knew what routes were coming, so they knew how to defend those routes. Um, also, big Seattle, fuck you, no one believes in us. We don't like Russ. We're going to fuck up, be up in his ass game. So there was a nice combination played there. It was. It was the. It was a winning combination <laughs> for 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 week one status. Geno Smith versus Russ. The Seattle Seahawks versus Denver Broncos, you know, uh, but week two is different. I, I I think the Niners win, but they don't cover. Shout out, shout out to Manning Cast that had um, two Denver Broncos losing their shit as um, Denver urinated all over themselves during that last drive. Um, San Francisco wins. Um, they do not cover nine. Nine's fucking high. And I said it last week. I'll say it again. You keep Jimmy G in that fucking locker room. And Trey Lance has another game like this last game we had against the Bears, and people are going to fucking start looking at Jimmy G, and more people are going to start talking. You got to get that guy out of there. Maybe trade him to Dallas. I don't know. Um, San Francisco wins. Um, they do not cover. Jess, you agree? I agree. All right, I, didn't, I didn't get you on the points there. Okay. Atlanta yeah. is a 10-point yeah. dog across the board. Every single website gives the L.A. Rams at home 10 points. Oof. Rams are at home, or are they in yep. Atlanta? No, they're at home, dude. Atlanta's traveling. Atlanta's traveling west. Bounce back game. Bounce back game. It's hard to travel coast to coast like that. Atlanta's way. That's down why there, I'm man. bringing this up. That's why I'm bringing that's this big, up. That's a huge ass travel after a heartbreaking loss. Atlanta should have. They they had that game last week. They had they had Winston and the Saints on the ropes throwing the body punches, and then they slip and fall, and they break their own neck and die. Yeah, defense is terrible. I, yeah. I don't – honest to God, I don't like the 10, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to say Rams win. They don't cover, but I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if they do. 
I love the Rams. I love the 10 for everything you just said. This feels like a 14 or 17 point game to me. I think it gets, I think it gets away from Atlanta early and they never recover. Um, Houston is a nine and a half to a 10 point underdog to the Denver Broncos. Denver minus 10, minus 10, nine and a half, minus 10, minus 10 and a half at points.com. I know we're going to keep it right at 10. Um, Houston traveling to Denver, minus 10. Who you got? Uh, the travel is weird only because Mile High is a terrible place to play. If you're, well, it's not the, that if far you're, either. It's not, if it's you're not, the opponent cross coast, but if you're the opponent high playing that at that altitude, you know, it's tough, man. It's hard to, to, to acclimate yourself that quickly to playing that high up. Uh, a lot of oxygen will be used, Denver will win. But I that that is a lot of points, man. And Houston is not a bad football team. I'm gonna yep. tell you right now, Houston is not a bad football team. <laughs> Davis Mills is a good quarterback. He's a good young up and coming quarterback. I'm and all in. Got some good young studs on that team. But they so Denver wins. They do not cover. Houston is gonna be that team that loses a lot of games by less than a touchdown. And this will yes. be one of those games. Denver wins. They do not cover. The Las Vegas Raiders are a five to a five and a half point favorite versus the Arizona Cardinals. This line is very intriguing to me, Jess. Who you got? Um, man, you know how bad I want to take Arizona in this game. Yeah, I think like I every am. almost almost I, every I think I am. I think I am. I'm. I think I am. To Arizona, you know what? Fuck it. Arizona wins. <laughs> they they get a comeback game from Kyler. <laughs> Uh, Zach Ertz scores a touchdown. Uh, you got Marquise Hollywood Brown goes off for over 100 yards receiving. I'm, I'm going Arizona in this game. Yeah, I don't. This is less about this is less about Vegas and more about Arizona. Arizona is going to, I believe, and I said this when we did our picks. I believe Arizona is going to be really good, and I don't. I think that this is going to be one of those 27-23 games. That gets away from Vegas late, and we're going to be looking at Vegas going, "Damn, they're zero and two, and and the sky is falling." When they were just in two competitive games that they lost at the end of the fourth quarter, um, I like Arizona in an upset here. Uh, Dallas, Jesus Christ, they are a seven and a half point dog at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, listen, I started this season by saying that I didn't want to, I was not excited about talking Dallas Cowboys football. That was before Dak got hurt. You think I'm excited about talking Dallas fucking Cowboys football right now? The answer is no. Jess, with that said, who you got? Uh, I read a quote from Jerry Jones that said he thinks that Cooper Rush is a capable quarterback to win games for the Dallas Cowboys no, until Dak. No, he's not. I, I, I don't he's think not. he is. Uh, th- this team was, this team was out of sorts, even with Dak in the game while he was yes. healthy. Yes. Cooper Rush is not going to make this team any better. Uh, he is not even a very serviceable quarterback. He's more like a, a Taysom, Taysom Hill slash like tight end. I'm like running back kind of quarterback. Uh, the the Bengals will win. I, I hate to say it, man, because I love you. But I think the, the Bengals win and they cover. Bengals win. Bengals cover. Ugh, I, said, I, said, I said that Dallas needs offensive linemen in the draft. They did not draft offensive linemen early. 
And now they've got like some six round pick in there trying to fucking replace Tyron Smith, who can't, who is just lost. Tyron Smith all of a sudden cannot get out of his own fucking way anymore. Um, the line is bad. Um, Cooper Rush is bad. The receivers are bad. The, the, the defense is going to get poked at all year because the offense is not going to be able to stay on the field. Um, Dallas loses and Cincinnati wins and covers. Oof. The Green Bay Packers are a 10 point favorite across the board against the Chicago Bears. This line is very surprising to me, Jess. Who you got? Uh, it is surprising. Um, I think that everything that people have been talking about as far as uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and the these young wide receivers trying to get on the same page, I think all that's true. Uh, we've heard a lot of former Packers come on and say, hey, man, when I started playing with Aaron, uh, you know, I, I, I had to I had to learn the playbook. I had to learn his skill set. I had to learn his his little, you know, things that he does on the field. It took me some time to get to use to know how to play with Aaron. And that's that's 100 percent correct. I think that's all truthful. I, I I think that the Packers or should I say Aaron Rodgers is still the Chicago Bears daddy. I think the Packers win, but I do not like that point spread. That's that's a big that's a lot of points. Yeah, last week Chicago had an, where they were a nine point favorite or nine point dog against San Francisco, yeah. and how'd that end? Um, this is an in division game, and I don't, I still don't trust those receivers for the Packers, and uh, I I don't like this line. I think Green Bay wins. I think Chicago covers. I think this is a, this is a six or a seven point green bay win this is a this is another bowling shoe ugly 17 13 type game uh two games left we're going to start with the monday night game minnesota is a two to a two and a half point dog to philly at home monday night jess they're two to two and a half point favorite across the board who you got uh, I like I like Minnesota. I know that the Eagles came out strong in Week One. Uh, Jalen Hurts looked he looked good. Uh, AJ Brown looked amazing. Uh, some of the some of the de- the defense looked really good. But you know what? I I fully believe in Kirk Cousins. It's regular season Kirk Cousins is a different. T- and uh, I got to go with Minnesota in this game. Uh, here's our disagreement. I like Philly. I think Philly wins and covers. I am once again going to tell you that Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown is going to be a problem all season long. Defenders are not going to be able to stop them because A.J. Brown is – he's got that dog in him. Um, Philly wins. Philly covers. The last game. Is Buffalo on a Monday night? Because this says Monday. Yeah, I I believe so. There's two Monday night games? There's two Monday night games. It was a huge turnaround for Buffalo. They get like eleven games or something, or eleven days. But I, games. Yeah, this is so. I guess there's two Monday night games, and I don't understand why. But I see we've had we've had games. multiple we've had multiple Monday night games before. Not in the game past. two, like, but not week two. Week one, not week two. When the fuck have we had a Monday two Monday night games in week two? I feel like never. Week one, yes. I'm wrong? looking it up right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, hey, there you go. Pull the fucking documents. Thank you. Uh, Tennessee is a 10-point dog to your Buffalo Bills and the hashtag Bills Mafia. That 10 is Monday. high, Jess. Jess, who you got? Uh, no, I got wait, Buffalo. Did, did, did they cover? Does Buffalo cover? Let me just go there. What's, what's the points? Where are we putting it at? 10 points. 10. So he, here's the deal. It there. The fucking books are putting it there. The sharps are putting it there. The fat guy in Vegas is putting it there. 
we talk about this a lot, man. Again, styles make fights. We talk about that prim primarily in, in combat sports and boxing and stuff. But you know what? Styles make fights in, in other sports as well, man. In football, the 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 run and, and pound, the ground and pound uh, style of play that the Tennessee Titans bring has been a headache for Sean McDermott over the last five years. And I don't even believe that the, the Bills have a winning record versus the Tennessee Titans right now uh, in the Sean McDermott era. I don't. I, I would have to look that up. I was going to say, oh, you had the slip last year and – you know, a couple of uh, game or two of the year before. I, I I like Buffalo in this game. It's at home. Bills Mafia is going to rock that place out. They're coming off a huge win over the Rams uh, Thursday night, opening night in the NFL. Uh, I think that the, the energy is going to be crazy. But here's being a Bills fan like I am and being, being there from day one of the Josh Allen era is this. A hyped up, energized Josh Allen means two quarters very spotty quarterback play. Wow. He gets so jazzed that his his arm is all over the place. He is going to need Ken Dorsey to reel him in. I can see this being a very close first half game, and then the Bills open up in the second half when Josh Allen has some time to calm yep. himself down. Ken Dorsey gets in his ear hole a little bit. Bills win. I don't like the points. I still I think they they win by like a touchdown. You know, maybe it's like a nine point game or something. But like, I don't like the ten ten and a half. I don't like that at all. I still have two enormous fistfuls of Bills Mafia Kool Aid, and I will continue to drink it. And I think the Bills win, and I think they cover. And I think we are going to continue to get another week of the Bills are the national darling. And I don't know if you're picking this up yet, but boy, are they the national darlings right now. They are. No, and uh, I, again, I think that I, I think they win by 14. I think this is, I think Ooh. the 10 is, I think, yeah, I really do. I think that, I think this gets away. I, I agree with every single thing that you said. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if it's jitters or just adjustments that happen at halftime. But I think the adjustments that the Bills make at halftime, I think we'll have like a seven-point game or a five-point game. Or, yeah. And it'll be close at halftime. And then the Bills come out in that second half and they just fucking throttle. Um, I, I think that that third, late third, fourth quarter gets away from Tennessee. And at some point, we're going to get back to, well, Tennessee has to throw the ball to win games. And they don't have they don't have AJ anymore. Who are they throwing uh -huh. to? Rookies? Uh-uh. I don't like – I don't – I don't think the Tannehills is good when you take away an elite receiver. That's just me. Um, yeah, Bills Mafia runs runs wild on us, brother. That's it, Jess. We nailed it. You got anything else? I think I think we're done. No, that's it. I'm a, I'm about ready to go hit the gym right now. I yes. Jay, Jay, super super early, like rock style. I I, I go mid morning. Uh, this is my gym time, folks. Uh, please it. follow my my man Jason Valdez on Twitter at Valdez spelled backwards five five nine. You can follow myself at JTT81. And if you wouldn't mind, please go and follow the podcast. Yes. We do it's getting a lot of followers, I noticed. We've gotten a lot of follows lately. The last month or so. <laughs> follow really me, big. too, because my shit is stagnant. The, the show's getting more follows than me now. My shit Bow is stagnant. Bell backwards, 559. You get all hits. AEW hits. WWE hits. In, in, in no, new, new Japan Pro Wrestling hits. You get wrestling yes. all over the place. Get it sprinkled in with mixed martial arts. Uh, you get sprinkled in with some boxing. And then, I'm doing course, everything. I'm doing music takes. I'm doing <laughs> wrestling takes. I'm doing MMA just, takes. I'm doing just sports takes. I'm, I'm, I'm doing bad comedy takes. I'm doing everything. I'm doing bad horny 
takes. Team Horns Up is on the loose. This fall oh, is going to be insane. So many impregnated ladies, I'm telling you right now. Yes. Hi, Jonathanus. Shay Rollins, please, please, guy, wear condoms. Uh, I love all of you who follow us. I love all of you who I actually do truly love out there in the Twitter world. You guys all know who I'm talking about. Uh, follow uh, again, Valdez spelled backwards, 559, JTT81, and Team Toss 21. Folks, I'm out. Have a great day. Bye.